Hi, everyone. This episode will be on community, or as occupational therapists like to call it, commune OT. Are you part of a community? Does it improve your life, or does it do the opposite? Bring you stress, anxiety, or depression? Can a community be bad for you or your clients? I will wrap this episode up with how we can tie community to our clients. Let's get functional. You are listening to the OT Dude Occupational Therapy Podcast. This podcast explores who occupational therapists are, what they do, and how they are changing our lives for the better by promoting engagement in everyday activities that are important to us or our occupations. This podcast will discuss various healthcare and wellness topics, review core subjects for exams, update you on the latest research and trends, and get you excited about the wonderful profession of occupational therapy. Now, here is your host, Jeff, the OT Dude. We all know what community is. The general definition of community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Keyword here is common. So, what are some examples of community? Religion, your neighborhood, a sports team, an interest group on social media, Alcoholics Anonymous, or AA, and yes, even conspiracy groups. With COVID-19, many people have lost their sense of belonging to a community. Many communities often get together face-to-face to achieve a common goal, activity, interest, or share a common belief. Our nation was faced with the decision to prioritize public health and safety versus religion and community with attending church or not with the rise of COVID-19 cases. As a result, many religious goers felt like they became disconnected with their community. I talked to one client who regularly attended local AA meetings. She felt a sense of community, seeing familiar faces. She felt safe. Everyone there had a common goal, and they're all local, so the AA attendees had a lot in common. With COVID-19, these AA meetings moved to online virtual meetings on Zoom. All of a sudden, attendees from all over the country logged into these meetings, some from different time zones even. There were many unfamiliar faces. My client began to feel uncomfortable and lost her motivation to fully commit to these meetings. She was just going through the motions and signed on but did not feel the same. This story is an interesting example because all of these AA attendees fit the definition of community. They shared the common goal of becoming sober, yet my client felt like she was no longer part of the same community. It makes me wonder how the other attendees felt, the ones who were signing on to these virtual groups from different places that were not even local. So does this mean that to feel a strong sense of community, like being part of a real community, requires that you meet face-to-face? Well, modern communities tell us no. Before the invention of the telephone and automobiles, community was basically based on your local community. How far you could travel by horse was probably the upper limit of where you could go for a community. By and large, community was who was around you. What is unique about humans is that every single person on this planet has their own unique DNA. Even in a study of over 300 pairs of identical twins, only 38 of them had perfectly identical DNA. Despite even those exact similarities relative to DNA, their personalities and experiences are also unique, and they may develop even different interests and live different lives. 
So before these inventions, back in the day, what are the chances that you would share the same interests as those around you? It's possible, yeah, but if you were interested in, say, birdwatching, and no one else around you was, then you're pretty much out of luck. Without a group of people, and you just by yourself, there is no community. Then automobiles and telephones were invented, and people were able to travel farther distances to build a community that is not necessarily local. But what happens if you are interested in a very niche interest, such as, say, occupational therapy? Well, we have annual conventions, state occupational therapy groups, and sometimes local groups. You were also able to make a phone call and talk to someone else across the country. However, you were really unable to feel like you were part of a regular community, like on a regular basis, because you were unable to see them much besides these conventions and local meetings. Definitely weren't able to see their facial expressions on the phone with this largely one-on-one communication method, even though there was such a thing as conference calls. Having grown up before, during, and after the internet was invented, I saw firsthand the impact that has significantly made on communities. Now, any individual with any unique niche interest could literally talk to, send photos, chat, or video chat with someone else across the planet. Not only that, but as computers, smartphones, and the internet became more affordable to even third world countries, the world was now able to connect according to any community. This goes back to the story of my client that has connected to others on AA over Zoom. If you think about it, without the internet, these AA meetings would have had to stop altogether because of COVID-19. However, with the internet, the AA meetings can continue to go on despite the frustrations and inconveniences that my client experienced. So, why is community so important? I think it is important to pursue your personal and professional, spiritual, whatever it may be, your interests and goals through a community. If you do not like the communities that your local area has to offer, then you have the ability to go online and find your community there. An example is Reddit groups. There is a subreddit for most popular hobbies, interests, and more. From keto diet to photography to the collection of stamps to conspiracy groups. Without community, we may feel isolated. This is why many probably follow faith and regularly attend church or pray together. As an occupational therapist, being a part of community is crucial to avoid compassion fatigue and burning out. Even if you feel a sense of community with your coworkers at work, that community may not be very large. While that may not necessarily be bad, let me give you an example of why you should connect to a larger community as well, especially in this day and age. When I was an OT student, somehow the conversation of IADLs came up with other OTs. One OT asked me what IADLs were because in her world, there were only ADLs. I educated her about how the OTPF has adopted the language for IADLs to expand occupations into additional categories. I only knew this because I was part of a student community who was educated by professors who were part of another community and so on. A community of communities can be very powerful. This is why it is important to consider joining AOTA and being part of a community other than work, which provides additional resources, connections, and benefits. Nowadays, there are so many resources for OT communities that it can even be overwhelming. 
I'll mention some of these so that my listeners can connect with some, some which you may not even have thought of or heard of before. There is AOTA, of course, your local state groups, your school's alumni, your school's clubs, and your peer groups. There are online Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, and Reddit groups, or whatever social media or platform gets invented in the future. Just type in occupational therapy and see what comes up on these platforms. There are then social media accounts in which you can follow individual users or even groups and organizations on platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or whatever may get invented in the future as well. Just type in occupational therapy, occupational therapist, or even OT student if you are pre-OT or OT student. You can also search by hashtag such as hashtag occupational therapy to see what comes up and who regularly posts OT content. Recently, social media has gotten a bad rep because of things like cyberbullying, online addiction, and so on. But I was surprised to see such a supportive OT community on platforms such as even on Instagram. My feed contains motivational quotes, treatment ideas, lessons learned, and so much more. And what is great about this kind of community is that it is not all passive. You should connect, right? So you can comment on posts and participate. Nowadays, there are even challenges. What's nice is that if you don't like a certain type of content, you can unfollow that group or person or account without the awkward real-life leaving of communities and feeling guilty for it. If social media is not your thing, you can join many free email newsletters from these groups or subscribe to forum digests. Many larger groups or organizations have social media accounts and newsletters as well. Then there's podcasts, YouTubers, and bloggers. Type in occupational therapy in Spotify or Apple iTunes and see what comes up. Although OT is not widely known by the general public, I have been surprised and impressed with the recent uptick in OT content created on all of these various platforms, probably due to the pandemic. This is a good thing. These communities advocate for OT, uplift each other, educate each other, and provide each other with support. And it can make us all happy. Make us all happy. So are all communities good? You can probably guess no. Terrorist groups, conspiracy groups, hate groups, child abuse groups, you name it. There are probably just as many harmful communities out there as there are positive ones. So it is important for you and your clients even to block, turn off, or stay away from such communities because they are not positive on yours or theirs lives. For example, if you're studying for the NBCOT or retaking it, you may become discouraged by social media posts of others passing or by reading other posts about others who have failed many, many times. Or you may see posts of other students and OTs who are more successful than you, more fit than you physically, smarter than you, whatever it may be. It can make you feel inadequate or maybe even an imposter. Just remember that with things like social media and basically media in general, people often post the best versions of themselves and their lives will always look perfect. While most of the community is community and uplifting, it can also bring you down in a way. So try to shut those things off or avoid following those types of accounts. Unfortunately, even in the past month for me, I have seen some negative behaviors in our OT community. We learn about ethics in OT school and I thought, okay, this makes sense. All occupational therapy practitioners will probably have a sense of 
and practice of ethics, right? However, some OT users are reposting other OT content as their own, even going as far as removing watermarks and not giving others credit. This, of course, is unethical and possibly even copyright infringement. It also saddens me that other unethical things are going on behind the scenes. I remember visiting OT Mary's website and seeing a post about how her content has been repackaged and resold without her permission when it was intended to be offered for free in the first place. So if you see something, say something to keep our OT community safe, transparent, and ethical. So what about our clients? OTs should make an effort to reconnect or to connect clients with their previous or new communities. I was always impressed with how one of the PTs that I worked with made an effort when we worked with a client who had a spinal cord injury to have another spinal cord injury survivor come in and consult and connect with our client before discharge. This can make such a big impact on clients because of the phenomenon of relatability and feeling an instant connection with someone because of a shared common experience, such as community. The challenges come when us as practitioners, students, and new grads do not know everything, which is okay, that's normal and fine. You may be wondering, is there a community for such and such condition or such and such disease? Well, there probably is. So ask your client if they would be interested and help them connect with such a community. You'll probably have to spend some time to research that yourself on behalf of your client because they may lack the cognitive, physical, or psychosocial ability. And if such a community does not exist, why not empower or help your client to start their own? It's as easy as starting a Facebook group these days. In reflecting back on the past two years, especially with COVID-19 and the pandemic, even though I was going to work and doing OT, I began losing my sense of OT community. My quote-unquote bro-T peer chat group online grew quiet. My cohort's Facebook group has not had any activities since we graduated, and I haven't attended AOTA conferences in several years. When I started my OT blog to share my experiences with occupational therapy, social media was not even on my mind because I compartmentalized it as a social platform for personal friends and there was just too many distractions and negativity that I rarely even signed on. One day, I decided to see what kind of OT content was out there on social media. I got so excited and became so inspired by other influencers, other bloggers, and podcasters in the OT world, all of which was available for free, that it really changed my outlook on OT and my feeling of community. And I know this is just the beginning for OT. As the internet continues to mature, technology becomes even better and mature that way, communities, especially the OT community, will get even better. So, my homework for you is to reflect and to take action. What communities, even outside of OT, are you a part of? What communities would you be interested in joining? And what other OT communities are you a part of? Now, taking action is pretty easy these days. Just go on your computer or smartphone and start joining, following, commenting, retweeting, podcasting, consuming podcasts, watching, reading, and sharing. And because we chose OT to help others pass this idea of community to your family members, friends, local groups, 
coworkers, and especially your clients. Welcome to the OT community.